righty, friends. So I want to remind everybody, particularly anybody joining us for the first time, we're doing this wonderful community heart project. And um, we've got this art piece right there. It is the tree of life and the tree of forgiveness. And this is a way to enact the theme that we have been pursuing in the Spokane Sangha now for about six weeks, seven weeks, all on forgiveness. And we've really taken a deep dive into forgiveness. What does it mean? What does it look like? What are the, some of the actions? What are some of the wise efforts that we can take to really get um, an expanded, broader view of forgiveness? And so what I have done here is I've created this uh, tree, and there are hearts cut out of fabric, and you can write on a heart, or we will write for you, a person that you might want to forgive, an action that you regret, maybe a person whose forgiveness you seek, maybe it's just a symbol and you just like to glue on a heart, whatever suits your fancy. Use the chat and let us know if there's anything you'd like to write on a heart, um, and we are happy to do that. Lo keeps track of that, and then we glue them onto that piece. And I, we've got roots at the very bottom. Um, sometimes people's forgiveness and their regret is still sort of in the unseen realm underneath the earth. On many of the roots, there are these little tiny dots, the seeds of possibility. So maybe it's time to plant your forgiveness, your heart of forgiveness, and and uh, see what's possible with the conditions of our practice. So that's that beautiful heart project, um, and think about it in your practice today. In the center of the room, friends, is just all kinds of literature for Recovery Dharma. We've got the Recovery Dharma books, and we've got copies of the Four Noble Truths and the Noble Eightfold Path, which is the foundation of the Recovery Dharma practice and really the foundation of the Buddhist practice. There's also a flyer up there on a retreat that I'm doing at the end of May. And with that, let's go ahead and begin our practice. Welcome everyone. My name is Julia and I am facilitating our practice this evening on behalf of Marty. And I'd like to begin our practice and and have us take a look at forgiveness again, but in a very indirect way. Sometimes what we do with the practice of forgiveness is we're so direct and the light we shine on it is so bright that forgiveness can kind of contract, shut down a little bit. And maybe what, what it needs and what we need is something a little softer, something like a back door. So today I was inspired to bring forward uh, something from the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying called Glimpse After Glimpse by Soyal Rinpoche. And this is for today's, uh, it's a daily meditation, a daily inspirational, if you will. 
And this is for today. He writes, Wrong views and wrong convictions can be the most devastating of all our delusions. Surely Adolf Hitler and Pol Pot must have been convinced that they were right, too. And yet each and every one of us has that same dangerous tendency as they had to form convictions, believe them without question, and act on them, so bringing down suffering, not only on ourselves, but on all those around us. On the other hand, the heart of the Buddha's teaching is to see the actual state of things as they are. And this is called true view. It is a view that is all-embracing as the role of spiritual teachings is precisely to give us a complete perspective on the nature of mind and reality. What I'd like to add to this is a little Julia seasoning, a little Julia flavoring. And this is something that comes out of the spiritual teachings of Seva. Uh, which is 14 mindfulness practices that I have created to reimagine recovery and support. And the first five mindfulness practices are the spiritual ones, and they are awareness, openness, spaciousness, ambivalence, and acceptance. And what I want to plant in your mind this evening as you think about wrong views, as you think about distorted perceptions, is to stay open. Keep your contemplation and your reflection spacious so that you can look at what you're thinking about. You can look at a regret. You can look at something that needs to be forgiven. Something that you may have a distorted perspective on. And when you offer it space in a gentle, beautiful way, you get to look at it from all kinds of new angles. And then, if you're open, you might be surprised. You might be surprised by what's there. And remember, your funky perception might actually be true. It simply may not be the whole truth. And dare I say, it likely won't be. And that's what the Buddha is teaching us, is to open and expand our perspective so that we get so much more information. Our false perceptions tend to be too small. We stop being curious. We stop wondering. We simply 
hang on to some kind of negative attitude. It's usually negative, and we go with it. We take it for a spin. So what I'd like you to do for a moment, I'm going to hold up to the camera for everybody here. I'd like you to take a look at this. This is one of my favorite art pieces. And I'd like you to just look at it. I'm going to turn it around. And I'd like you to form a perception. What do you think this is? And please know that whatever you think, it's right. It's true. And probably not the whole truth. Because I have a surprise in here. So for those of you in the classroom, I just want you, I want you to pass it around, but no touchy, no pulling it out or just hold it and look at it. Okay, Taryn, you're in charge. And bring that into your mind. Bring into, wow, when have I had a, a perspective, a perception that I was totally wrong about or slightly wrong about. How did I treat my wrongness? Was I humble? Was I humiliated? Was I self-protective and self-cherishing? Was my immature ego in the driver's seat? It's a very human thing, so there's no reason to judge ourselves for it. This is simply an observation. What happens when I had a wrong perception and I owned it? Did my world end? Did the sky come crashing down? Did I learn something? Did I maybe connect to someone on a deeper, more intimate level? Let's allow ourselves some time to integrate these questions. Allow some silence and some space for the mind to welcome a memory, a regret, something that happened earlier today, some perception, some conviction, and see if you can play with it. See if it has something to say to you. Maybe there's a surprise there.
friends. Thich Nhat Hanh was famous for having said, we are here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness. He devoted his life to teaching people that one of our habit energies of wrong view, of wrong perception, is that as a human being we are separate from all of the unfolding of life. We are distinct and separate from, say, a tree. And yet, upon closer inspection, the reality is that we are interconnected with the tree. We inter-are, as Thich Nhat Hanh says. Trees need sunshine, as do we. They need water and nutrients from the earth, as do we. They provide us shelter. They unfurl and grow and age, as do we. And they possess enormous mystery, as do we. The same elements of cosmic stardust raining down upon the earth have created the guardians of air we depend on to breathe. I bring this forward to you because maybe in working with confusing perspectives and opening your perception a little bit, the next time you encounter a tree, rather than look at that tree as just a tree, pause a moment and allow the mind to wonder and wander a new perspective. Maybe the tree is delighted by your presence. Maybe if you look closely, you can find a tree smile, so happy that you're there. It is my belief, my conviction, my perception that one of the things that motivates a fairly solid journey of recovery is the element of joy. It is a powerful motivating force. And I believe part of these practices have to be joyful, otherwise we won't keep going. So, I want you to take a look at my art piece here as you slowly return from your meditation. And I'd like to show you what this is. And first you can just sink into what you think it is. And then allow the joy of this beautiful piece to spread across your face. Are you ready? 
Welcome to my dragon, everybody. <laughs> uh huh. Is that not the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life? So, yeah, right? So there's my, my dragon egg. Alrighty, friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, friends. And we are going to continue this month looking at forgiveness, looking at the, the harsh ways we talk to ourselves, maybe making a little space for rightness and wrongness and, and the in-between spaces. Today we're going to dedicate our practice in the Buddhist tradition, whenever you come into the presence of the three jewels of Buddhism, the Buddha, the human being who represents the capacity within each of us to awaken from the causes and conditions of suffering, the Dharma, these are the teachings of the Buddha that guide our practice and support our well-being. And then, of course, the Sangha, the community of wise friends who are inspiring us and encouraging us along the way. Whenever we come into the presence of these three jewels, we know that something healing and transformative has happened. And any healing that we receive today, we dedicate. We spread out into the world for extended healing and transformation. That is the way of the bodhisattva. It is the way of the illuminated one. Your presence is enough to heal. So may your presence, having been here today, go out into the world and ripple out warmth and tenderness, compassion and love and joy to anyone on the street to anyone in jail, to anyone hiding in a car or alone in an apartment, to anyone sick and suffering, we dedicate the healing of this practice to all living beings everywhere. In the words of Thich Nhat Hanh, he writes, A flower does not have to do anything to be of service. It only has to be a flower. That is enough. A human being, a true human being, is enough to make the whole world rejoice. Thank you for bringing your whole human beingness here so we can celebrate and rejoice with you. I hope to see you next time, friends. Namaste.